Welcome back everybody, this is Eric and Chad here with Iraq Veteran 8888 and today we've got another gun gripe uh, episode for you here. We're going to be talking about a subject that we're going to call Read the Manual. I've got Roy here from Brownells. Hello, hello. Great guy, he's got a lot of interesting insight to this type of thing and uh, basically the way this gripe goes is you're hanging out at the gun shop or whatever, a guy brings in a random box of parts and oh, uh, I can't get my gun back together, or I took my gun apart and, and now it, 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 it shims when it should have shammed, or a guy brings in a magazine with a follower popping out. A lot of little stories that we're gonna elaborate on in this particular video. Many of these stories we're all guilty of, we've all done it a time or two, but the gist of the gripe is uh, a lot of folks just fail to read the manual. And you could really fix a whole lot of problems and save a lot of suffering and grief if you just took the time to read the manual or find out some sort of information about the gun. Absolutely. Pretty much. You get a gun, you go home, you start to take it apart after you go to the range and shoot, you know, 15 rounds through it because it's got to be cleaned, you know. Yeah. And uh, then you wind up breaking something that you weren't supposed to and then you read about it and you say, God, oh, it's embarrassing. Well, <laughs> gun companies go through a lot of grief and effort to write a manual that will help you as a consumer uh, to make sure you're, for one, not going to like blow your head off or anything like that by mistake, but also when it comes to simple things like field stripping the firearm, disassembling the firearm, making sure that you're loading and, and unloading the firearm properly. There's lots of little details that some people just fail to uh, recognize the simple details. Uh, I'll, I'll elaborate quickly on a story that happened to me. We reviewed the uh, CZP07 duty at one point and in that video I mentioned that the magazines weren't interchangeable with the newer model of P07 where they just dropped the duty designation and I was wrong I did not read the dang manual I, I had that detail uh, wrong recently I, I had a, a really good talk with the guys at CZ about that and we were on the phone for probably I, I would say a solid hour just talking about all different kinds of things and if, if one thing I can say about the guys over at CZ is that they are very passionate about their products and they're just great guys. They they really want to put out the best quality product that they possibly can. And uh, you know, there's a bit of humility there. I mean, me as a as a gun reviewer, as somebody who's looked to as an authority on guns, I have to make sure that I get my details right. And sometimes, let's just face it, we all make mistakes from time to time. Yeah, I mean, that reminds me of a uh, kind of a recent incident with um, kind of a, a prominent you know um, YouTuber as well. But um, they, they kind of had a, a bit of information wrong about like the FNX 45 Tactical. You know, um, there was a, maybe a, a video or like a blog post or something showing the grip area itself just being like rubber. It was just so hot, it was just mushed all together and whatnot. It was just flopping all over the place. And um, you know, this fellow, he kind of made an assumption about that. But you go in and you dig a little bit into it and that was actually designed into the polymer for that particular handgun so it could su survive basically high heat scenarios and if you stick a magazine in there everything is fine so no problems I mean that was designed into the gun that wasn't just some sort of afterthought or just some sort of mistake on the manufacturers part that was actually part of the design of that particular firearm but you know that was um, that was brought up later on and you know the truth came out and you know it was apologized for which I mean people make mistakes I mean we we're known for making mistakes as well. So. well you know reviewing firearms in general there's a lot of technical data that gets put out on a given firearm and sometimes it's hard to get every little detail right now should we get every detail right absolutely 
But what this gripe is more about is the people that just blatantly screw it up. Uh, you guys might be familiar with Brownells as a company, but Roy here, um, you know, he knows a lot about the gunsmithing kinks. You're probably aware of a, a volume of books that Brownells puts out called Gunsmithing Kinks. And in Gunsmithing Kinks, they talk about all kind of little hacks and tricks and little things that get shared. So, uh, like, what's what's a few of your like favorite kinks? I know there's there's a few little little tricks and stories. Oh, there's there's, there's oh, also there's, funny stories in there. There's too. a lot of jokes, if uh, <laughs> a, a whole lot of really good jokes. And what what the Kinks books are is uh, the founder of Brownells, Bob Brownell. He would take um, letters from gunsmiths who would who would read his newsletters or were customers of Brownells, and then the gunsmiths would write up their own little tricks and things they discovered, and they would mail them in. And he just compiled them over mm -hmm. the years, and then he and his son Frank who's still with the company, who's still the chairman of the board, uh, compiled all these kinks into books and made, <clears throat> excuse me, volume number one. That was so successful, they created volume number two. Yeah. And uh, yeah. four, right? We've, we're up to yeah. volume number four, and even though they've been uh, part of the Brownells product line for a long, long time, they're still really, really popular. Oh, no, I mean, some of the problems that I've read about in there are things that you can, I mean, maybe for an older firearm, but it's certainly something that you can apply to something modern, you know, as well. And, and there's just, I mean, I've, I've read the books a little bit, uh, I don't know if I can come up with a favorite one. Uh, you're putting me they're, on the spot. They're all good. <laughs> well, they're all good stories. Cut. <laughs> no, no, they're all good stories. Uh, but yeah, uh, like you were saying, even folks who know a lot about guns, because I'm looking here on the table. Uh, I spent about 10 years as a concealed carry instructor before I came to Brownells, mm -hmm. and all the time I would have people, students in my concealed carry classes, who would show up with a handgun. They literally bought the day before, and they would ask me how it worked, and I would have to say, well, you know, I don't own that particular model. I've never shot that particular model. Okay, let's dig out your, oh, do you have your manual in your box? And behold, we'd find the manual, and then we would look it up right there together. Sure. Yep. We know a, a lot of times, you know, when you go to, uh, especially like a mom-and-pop gun shop, like if you go up to Moss there, or any other reputable mom-and-pop style gun shop, more times than not, most of the times, they're going to want to make sure that you leave their establishment at least with a basic understanding of the firearm you're buying before you leave with it and and that's just common sense uh, you know here on the table we've got laid out uh, a few instances of firearms that people commonly screw things up on uh, there's a million and one possibilities for various firearms that people uh, mess up details uh, again throwing myself under the bus again because I'm good at doing that this Walther PPQ here uh, we did a review on this Walther PPQ Mark II and the gun has a broken slide stop on it right now. Now, there's been a little bit of an issue with like maybe one out of every so often, you know, every amount of them uh, having an issue with the slide stop wanting to break. But finding out later that I was running the firearm suppressed with a certain guide rod assembly when the gun ships with two specific recoil guide rod assemblies and you're supposed to use a certain spring to run suppressed and then a certain spring to run unsuppressed and I didn't read the manual, and I got that little detail wrong. Now, the slide <laughs> velocity, maybe the slide was moving too fast, and that extra inertia, pow, popped the, the slide stop. Was that my fault? I don't know. Um, we didn't I, really... I actually, you know, I screwed that detail up. <laughs> we didn't really think a whole lot about it because the gun was working so exceptionally well, and, uh, you know, Eric brought the gun out, and we just shot it. I mean, I didn't know any better. I mean, 
we just slap a can on it and shoot it just like pretty much any other gun that we've ever run suppressed. Well, it's yeah. easy It's easy to get jaded, you it know, and, and from right. our perspective, we're right. around guns all the time. Right. So, I mean, we know how a block breech semi-automatic handgun works. It, it's sometimes easy to just go, okay, well, like this firearm disassembles just like a, a, a Walther P-22. Uh, you know, it's got an Americanized um, magazine release. I mean, but other than that, overall, it's a pretty simple gun to operate. I mean, most people that are familiar with firearms don't need to read the manual to know how to operate this gun. But in my instance, I screwed up a bit and not knowing that they would have went through the uh, through the the effort to actually ship two different you know recoil uh, springs with this gun. Well, I, I see one on the table that I'm I'm pretty familiar with is. Uh, the various versions of these wonderful Ruger 22 auto pistols. Now, this is the the, the standard auto, That's right? A standard this, this auto. That's pre Mark One. Yeah. Uh, but one of the lovely little things, of course, those of you who own this particular pistol, my wife and I own a, a wonderful little Mark II that we really. It's actually my wife's gun, but we love to shoot it. Mm -hmm. uh, every time I take this thing apart to clean it, I just dread doing it because I can get it apart. But then to get it back together, I've got to go read the manual, and I or I go check out a YouTube video, yeah. or or read uh, look for instructions on the internet. Well, you know what was funny is um, Eric and I were out and about the other day, and he came across. Well, actually, we came across this gun in one of the local shops, and uh, one of the employees was walking by and was like, "Yeah, here's another used gun that needs to go in the case." And I said, "Ooh, I'll take that." But I had just picked one of these up in a pawn shop recently for hundred, like 125 bucks. It was, it was kind of a, a beater, you know. It had some rust on it, and it was kind of worn out. And uh, they, they didn't have it assembled correctly. The bolt was stuck like this, and it was missing a sear, a sear spring, and a sear pin. And the hammer pin was a piece of drill rod, basically. Actually, it was a drill bit that was just cut off. Did it still have the threads on it? <laughs> no, it didn't, it didn't have the threads on it, but it was a piece of, like, a piece of hardened drill bit or whatever yeah. that they just cut off. And, and well, we use that trick all the time, find the drill bit that works. But, you know, it is it is kind of a pain in the butt to, to pull apart. But, you know, I mean, I'm going to pull Eric's apart right quick. Let's see. While you all talk about other things. Do, 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 Absolutely. Do, do. Well, you know... Chad is familiar with the you know Ruger Standard Auto and the variants of that gun. You know between he and I, we've got quite a few of those. But other issues, I mean, I know there's quite a few millsurps on the table here, but I can't tell you how many times I've seen like things come in moss where like a guy brings in a bolt mechanism in pieces uh, for like like the Schmidt Rubin right here. This is a 1911 infantry rifle. Um, it's a very specific manual of arms in terms of the way that the bolt is disassembled. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what you're doing, then it can be a little bit difficult to reassemble, to put back together. And uh, I've, I've seen, you know, bolts come into the shop in pieces in a box, and all of those things could have been very simply alleviated just by simply reading the manual or seeking out some instruction. I mean, guys, in this modern world, with, you know, resources like YouTube and other videos on the Internet and things, there's no reason to not be able to find a tutorial somewhere about how to do whatever it is you're trying to do. Uh, seek out that information. I know sometimes, you know, guys are a little too proud to ask for directions. We're too proud to ask for help. Uh, but let's face it, sometimes if you're not sure, you might want to seek out the knowledge base mm -hmm. uh, on YouTube or on the internet or find a tutorial. Well, you can find those translated manuals all over the right. place. I mean, I, I just recently yeah. picked up a set of uh, Swiss diopter sites, um, like original Wolfenberg diopter sites. And uh, I found a manual online on, I think, the Swiss Rifles website that was translated. So, I mean, that information is out there. And, and I really like old mil military surplus rifles. And I don't yet own a Schmidt Rubin. I'm going to someday. 
In fact, I got to shoot one for the first time just just yesterday. Uh, yep. They're fantastic, but I don't own one of these. I've never owned one of these, and I would have to either find a manual online or go to a really great YouTube channel like ArachVet8888 and learn as much as I could so I could avoid those problems of turning a, a really nice, classic historical gun into a uh, bucket full of parts. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes that happens. We're, we're all capable of it. It's happened to all of us before. Um, another good example is like the uh, Swedish Jungman. You know, this is a gun that, if you're not careful, this thing can physically harm you, you know? Mm -hmm. Knowing that this safety mechanism is designed a certain way that, you know, if you leave this thing on fire, and let's just say you want to go start stuffing rounds in the magazine or something, and the sucker pinches the crap Ouch. out of your hand, now that bolt falls forward with a lot of force. And it's one of those things that's not exactly something that, I mean, this is a foreign rifle. It's not familiar to a lot of people. So some people get into collecting mill syrups or, or doing things with military rifles mm -hmm. and not understand what they're getting themselves into, and then they'll end up getting themselves hurt. And plus, this one has the, the gas tube, and it has that nice little sharp-edged receptacle that the gas tube fits up into, and that's going to take a nice little old circular bite right out of your flesh if, if you mess up it. And again, you're probably not going to find an actual manual for this. You might find one translated online, but there's plenty of other places to find information, plenty of websites and plenty of good YouTube. There's content. always forum posts and whatnot mm -hmm. where somebody has done it, so learn from people's mistakes. We, yep. uh, we're still talking about uh, doing the Hakeem video and sticking a hot dog down in that action and letting it chop that hot <laughs> that dog. That sucker will flat out <laughs> harm you. They really will. I mean, and it's a direct gas impingement gun. Yep. We're not going to go into many details, but we do have a full review on this gun if it's something you want to see in action. We've also got a full review on the 1911 infantry gun here. Um, another thing that people mess up all the time, Chad... Takedowns. Mm -hmm. All right, so you see these little Ruger takedowns in, in gun shops all the time. This is just a 22. It's just like any other 22, 1022 out there, but it does take down into two pieces. But I see these things all the time on the shelves, and the bolt is to the to the front. I'm thinking to myself, how many times has that gun been taken apart without locking the bolt to the rear first so you don't rip the extractor off in the extractor groove here in the barrel? I mean... Yeah, it's a common thing. Takedowns, you got to have the bolt locked to the rear to pull the gun apart. Just like that's on any takedown. Any takedown doesn't matter what it is. If if it's if it's a takedown of any sort, it's it's going to have to have the bolt heated back at least a bit to get the gun apart. Same thing on this 1907 Remington auto loading rifle. And a lot of people don't even know that these are takedowns. Read the manual. Read the manual. You know, Read the basically, manual. or just you know do a little history lesson here. But and that's actually has a very very clean rifle. But. These rifles have a takedown assembly in the front. You basically just turn this lever here around and you can pull the barrel assembly off and then stow the rifle for easy transport or just storage if you or if for you cleaning need, or, or whatever. cleaning or whatever the case mm -hmm. is. But I can't tell you how many of these I've seen that have been taken down, put back together improperly, and the bolt won't even close because the bolt head is turned the wrong way. It's out of alignment because they didn't um, they didn't apply the right technique to pulling these guns apart. Just, and they can physically damage the guns too. I mean, especially some of these older firearms that have a certain value to them. You can really harm the value of a gun. I mean, I I can't tell you how many Ross infantry rifles I've seen that have, that are assembled improperly. And some of the early Ross rifles, if they're improperly assembled in terms of the bolt mechanism, they have like an interrupted buttress thread type arrangements. It's a really odd design. 
and it's strong and they're really accurate guns, but they will blow up in your face if that bolt is not put together just right. Okay, no doubt. I see one here that's real familiar to me here on the table, a CZ-52. I've owned one of these for many years, and I would use these a lot in my concealed carry class as a classroom piece, because whenever I was trying to teach the students, uh, especially folks who were newbies to guns, the difference between single action and double action and semi-automatic versus revolver, I would... Um, lock the uh, slide back on a CZ-52 and pass it around to everybody and say, okay, now try to get the slide down. And I'll, yep. folks would sit there for, you know, 45 seconds, two minutes going, uh, hmm. So, but usually on this one, you have to get in there and get the uh, magazine down a little bit. Because it's sort of got a slide lever. It's got that little bar there, but it's not a traditional American style uh, slide release. The other thing that's kind of cool on this one is I would also use the CZ-52 as a piece to teach the hammer drop safety, just like that. You enact that little lever right there on the side because uh, SIGs, as that's a good example, a lot of SIGs have hammer drop safeties, but a lot of American shooters aren't that familiar with hammer drop safeties and this one's got one and it was a great piece to to, to A lot of people to. don't even know that the CZ-52 has an actual hammer drop safety and there's a few things about the CZ-52 that I want to mention. One on this, and of course it's a read the manual type thing, mm -hmm. and this may not apply to everybody. A lot of people may not even care about this gun. Never dry fire a CZ-52. The firing pins are brittle, they will break, you'll break the firing pin, and they're, they're cheap to replace, but still, it's embarrassing if you're out on the range. Never trust the decocking mechanism on a CZ-52. Uh, that material can gall in there, and, and they're not to be trusted. Uh, they are a robust gun. They're very well made. They can handle some really hot ammo. They're very accurate, and they're very powerful. They are powerful guns. You know, another uh, gun that a lot of people have issues with is the uh, revolvers. Okay, so you've got Smith & Wesson revolvers. The uh, cylinder release, okay? Cylinder release on a Smith goes forward, release the cylinder. Cylinder release on a Colt goes backwards. It's a pull. You pull it's it. It's a pull. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. some people wonder, they'll, they'll, they'll be used to a Colt, and they'll pick up a Smith, and they'll pull it like, well, I can't get this the thing cylinder open. Pulled what, open. What the heck is going right. on with this thing, right. you know? Uh -huh. you know uh -huh. I mean, and not only that, but like revolver etiquette. You know, Barry, he was a big advocate of revolver etiquette. Yep. I mean, you know, you'd see people all the time spinning the cylinders and slamming them shut and all mm -hmm. that. And all that is very detrimental to mm -hmm. uh, a revolver. It can damage the crane. It can damage the cylinder. It can damage the uh, the bolt here. I mean, there's any number of parts that can be right. screwed up by right. improper handling of a quality revolver. And, and one of my favorite things to do was to let him try a Smith, then show him a Colt, then hand him a Dan Wesson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've got the little latch that's right there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then the Rugers have a button. Yeah, right, the Rugers have a button. Have a button. So, right. so every revolver is different, and guys, it just comes down to reading the manual because every gun, essentially, you have to treat as an individual. They all have their own little intricacies and things that you need to know about them. And we're not going to get into that in this video because there are so many variants of the Smith & Wesson revolver in terms of frame sizes, mm -hmm. whether or not it's got recessed <laughs> cylinders, pin barrel, transfer bar. I mean, there's all these different kinds of things that can go into mm -hmm. uh, a Smith revolver, and that also has to do with like when they were made and what series they were in. We'll get into Smith & Wesson revolver history in another video. Now, here's a little uh, Beretta. Is this a Minx? That's a 930. Yeah, it's a Minx. Nine, 930 Minx. I saw... Uh, Guns designed similar to this, uh, usually the 32 Tomcat, come through my concealed carry classes a lot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, especially women shooters, would struggle and try to load their pistol because that spring is really tight. You know, they couldn't bring that spring. And because they hadn't read the manual, they didn't know they had this handy-dandy little 
lever that popped the barrel up that you put the first cartridge in there and then you slap the uh, the magazine in there and you're good to go and you don't have to mess with that because that's a tight little spring and tough to, to well another thing about the minks too and th this is a gun that i'm very fond of i've, I've messed with a lot of them mm -hmm. uh, over the years is uh, guys minks doesn't have an extractor mm -hmm. so to unload a minx you, you don't pull the slide back to unload the gun you drop the magazine okay so let's just assume there's a cartridge in the chamber and let's just say the hammer's back and I want to re unload this gun. I just simply hit the lever and the inertia from the barrel flipping forward will throw the cartridge out of the chamber yep. normally. Unless it's really dirty, it'll generally throw it right out. This is blowback. The, the just spare gas just pops the, the brass out of the back of the, of the gun mm -hmm. and does not have an extractor. So knowing the way that your particular firearm is designed is important. You know, Beretta Minx is a great gun for somebody that doesn't have a lot of hand strength. Maybe they have a hard time pulling the slide back on a gun. Anybody can just push that little lever forward and drop a loose cartridge in the chamber and it's ready to shoot. Yep. So, very, very friendly gun for somebody who might have lack the upper body strength to pull back the slide. But again, it's all about knowing how the firearm works, and part of that comes from reading the manual. Read the manual or get online and find out. Give me yeah. the Benelli there. Yeah, we haven't talked about that one yet. Yeah, Benelli's are one of those animals that Benelli. are just... Benelli! Benelli! <laughs> Benelli! <laughs> yeah, Benelli's are one of those animals that a lot of people are confused about the loading system. Um, Benelli's feature what's called a free carrier system. So the carrier just will go back and forth, you know, all you want, back and forth, okay? So you load like a Remington 1100, okay? You, you stuff your ammo in the magazine tube, you pull the bolt back, you let it go. Well, guess what? A shell comes on the lifter and it goes into the chamber. And then to unload it, you just rack it out. All right, so people will load a Benelli for the first time and they'll rack it and nothing happens. Like, what? What, what's going on with this thing? It's broken. Well, there's a handy-dandy little button over here that actually releases a shell onto the carrier, and then you can load the gun, and on the last shot, it'll actually allow the uh, bolt to remain to the rear. So a lot of people don't realize that. And the free carrier system is there, so if you're like an LEO or something like that and you want to pull the buckshot that you might have in there out and put like a door breaching around or something like that in there without emptying your entire magazine and having all that trouble, you just pull the bolt to the rear, drop your new shell in, and you're good to go. You don't, uh, you don't advance any of the shells on your magazine onto the carrier, which is a really neat feature of these guns. It's why it's one of my favorite shotguns. Yeah, Benelli oh, and Ford were great. Things. You know, I'm actually <clears throat> looking at one of the Beretta Vinci Tacticals. Oh, God, that thing's uh, nice. Yeah, that, that's a gun that's <clears throat> definitely on my list as soon as I can find one. But yeah, it's just a matter of reading the, the manual and just understanding the operation of your particular firearm in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to buy a gun like that, just go through and read and figure out exactly how it works, like we said before. So when I was still working at Moss full-time, we had oh, a guy... Oh, stories. We, oh, we, had, we had yes. a guy bring in a uh, AK... And he said, yeah, man, I, I got a stuck case on my AK, and I, I have a really hard time getting it out. And uh, can you help us, you know, get this thing unjammed? So we get looking at it, and he said, well, by the way, um, the barrel's full of chopsticks. <laughs> and, you know, the the, the young man was of Asian descent, so I could understand why he would have chopsticks laying around in his house. But he didn't have a cleaning rod. 
and he took chopsticks and stacked them up in the barrel to make himself like a makeshift cleaning rod, and he thought he was going to, like, you know, push out uh, the stuck case with, with chopsticks. He wound up getting all jammed in there. Oh, it was a big one. cluster. But, again, <laughs> reading. I mean, now, something like that, that probably falls more into, like, the home gunsmithing type thing, kitchen kitchen well, table gunsmithing. Right. I've, got, I've got a recent and perfect example of read the manual. All right, so Ryan up there at Moss, he... He posted a picture on Instagram, and I'm like, what in the world happened with this? It was a magazine for a PT-1911, and the spring and the fall were ripped out of it. Like, what in the world? Well, this fella, he bought the gun. They they taught him, you know, how to use it and everything pretty much right there. I mean, obviously, they don't have a range at Moss, but, you know, to the best of their abilities, they went over the operation of the firearm with the guy. And he went to the range, shot one magazine out of it, came back with the follower and the spring ripped out of the magazine because he thought that the yellow follower was some sort of like chamber flag or he was keeping the slide open and he didn't know what to do. So he stuck a pair of pliers in there and ripped it out. I'll get that out of there. And then they fixed it for him, got him a new mag and everything and went over. It's like, this is a follower. This is what actually uh, brings the rounds up, you know, and holds your rounds in place in the magazine. He didn't understand that. He didn't understand that. And he was going to go out again. He was like, okay, so when I go, I just need to rip this thing out of there and I'm good. No, no, no. <laughs> that needs to stay in the gun. That needs, that needs to stay. stay in the magazine. I'm but, pretty sure you've seen some harebrained things over the years. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, folks, uh, one of the most common ones uh, would be folks, again, who maybe bought the gun the week before they came to my concealed carry class, or maybe even, in some cases, literally the day before, and they, they, they couldn't get the magazine out of the gun. They couldn't get the magazine out of the gun because... They didn't know maybe it it's had, a, toe release, had yeah. a toe release, maybe it had up here, maybe there was some other way to get the magazine out of the gun. And I would deliberately, I would I would make them handle, I had several handguns, I would make them handle different kinds of guns with different kinds of magazine releases. Uh, and then also, some uh, uh, one of the most common things I would see is there are literally hundreds of different semi-automatic pistol designs, and some of them the safety you flick up. To put on or off. Some of them you flip down. Some of them have a grip safety. Some of them have the safety on the trigger. I cannot tell you how many times I was asked, where's the safety on a Glock mm -hmm. in a concealed carry class? And I would have to show them. Uh, uh, because they just didn't know. They just didn't know. You know some people don't they didn't read the dang manual. They didn't read the dang manual. Well, the dang manual. Some people just don't understand the concept of a striker-fired gun having internal safeties. Right. I mean, they, right. they just don't understand that. Like, what? Well, what? where's the safety? Like this Walther, right? I mean, pretty much the same same thing. Pretty much, I mean, but Glocks have, I think, three internal safeties. Right. Is that correct? I mean, safeties. So another thing I, I ran into it, during my concealed carry days were folks, and they probably learned this from Grandpa, who would think on a double action revolver they had to leave the cylinder underneath the hammer empty. As oh a yeah, like on a single action, uh, like like, a, an like on an old single action that. with a fixed with a firing pin on the hammer, and uh, I would actually do the uh, the the uh, the thing with the pencil, you know, where you, you cock the hammer <clears> and drop the pencil down the barrel, and I would fire it, and they would see the pencil jump, and then I would uh, trip the hammer and let it go forward with no pressure on the trigger, and the pencil, of course, wouldn't move, and they would go, oh, so no, no, you you don't 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 take your five shot double action revolver and make it a four shot. By leaving that uh, that uh, empty cylinder under the hammer, I saw that a lot too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of these instances out there. I'm pretty sure you guys know of a million and one of them. Uh, so leave your comments below in the you know comment section. Let me know some of the crazy things that you've seen from people that have failed to read the manual. 
we've all been been guilty of it and these gun companies go through a lot of effort to try and make sure they alleviate some of these problems before they become a problem and a lot of that can just be had from just um, digesting the literature that they send with the firearm and let's face it some of us don't always want to do it I mean maybe it's a gun that you already own and you bought another one of and you don't need to read the manual Well, that's fine or maybe you've got years and years of experience like the guns that we're surrounded by right now I've collected over a period of many years and many of these guns I've had you know taken apart to very you know almost down to the last screw I mean like this Jungman we were just discussing earlier I mean it looks like a complicated rifle and in the in the world of military rifles it's not exactly simple but it's it's a pretty straightforward rifle to field strip and disassemble once you understand the basic premise uh, of you know the whole idea so we're going to be doing more videos on just straightforward disassembly procedures, reassembly procedures, cleanup, things to look for on various gun designs, and it's good archival footage that will help somebody maybe that's looking at it, you know, looking for it one day. It's got maybe a little more shelf life. You know, if I do a complete Glock disassembly video, well, I mean, there's a lot of people that can completely disassemble a Glock, and that's no big deal, but that person that might need that resource and might need... A visual representation more than just a, a post that they're reading somewhere mm -hmm. or maybe reading the manual sometimes it's nice to have a visual representation of of what it takes to do a, perform a certain gunsmithing task and that's why with our gunsmithing videos we try to make them as detailed as possible yeah I might spend forever talking about something like the Martini Henry cleanup video we did mm -hmm. we just got done doing a, a finish M39 cleanup and that video took us several hours to film and it's going to cut to probably a pretty relatively short video but the thing is the devil's in the details and i just want to say i own a finish m39 and i learned a ton of stuff watching you guys shoot that video today that was fantastic awesome. and I, I can't wait to get home and i'm probably going to wind up at some gunsmiths you know with with my m39 in a bucket in parts now <laughs> that's okay just send it to us we'll okay I'll for you, you guys can fix that up for me yeah okay, yeah. okay. It'll, it'll, i mean we'll have to keep it here for okay. a while okay, but, I mean, you, okay. you'll treat it nice though right we you will. feed it well, we we'll okay it well. all right that's fine <laughs> well that's how it goes though i mean sometimes you know, you, you got to know when it's time to walk away from a project. And, and let's face it, we've all been in that situation where we're looking at our bench and we're going, yeah, this project probably <laughs> passed the point of no return. Oops. <laughs> Sometimes you got to swallow your pride, throw all the crap in a shoebox, and take it up to your gunsmith and, and let them bail you out. And, I and it happens. I, I took apart that, that Luger. <laughs> Uh-oh. All the way down one time, and I had to come back to it the next day, but I got it back together. That's right. After studying the schematic like all night long, I mean, just well, soaking it up. You well, know? well, just like <laughs> discretion is the better form of valor, or the better part of valor, <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to know when it's okay to walk away from a project, swallow your pride, and take it to somebody that knows more than you. So, you know, the whole read the manual thing comes down to like the gunsmithing area as well as just the, the, the proper form and function and using the gun and the, the safe uh, manual of arms of the gun and even safety. Some people will uh, unsafely uh, use a firearm because they don't totally understand the way that it operates. Mm -hmm. You know, there was actually a, a situation out in the Old West where a uh, there was a sheriff or somebody that had acquired this fancy new auto-loading pistol, and it was a Mauser broom handle, okay, and he had it in his safe, and for whatever reason, one of the guys that he had jailed, I don't remember exactly where this occurred, but I, I know it was kind of a, I know it's a true story, it's but... It's one of those stories that just gets passed it's around. It's one of those stories that gets mm -hmm. passed around, so 
you know, back then they had like a bunch of single action revolvers and things like that. And most guys were, you know, understood the way those guns operated because that was one of the most common handheld firearms there was. Mm -hmm. Well, the jail cell that this guy was in, apparently, I don't know, the sheriff didn't lock it properly or whatever. Well, the sheriff was in the other room asleep or something happened to that effect. And this guy got out of jail and, of course, the sheriff, I guess he was careless. He left his safe open, too. So he pulled the safe open and saw that Mauser broom handle in there and grabbed it out and tried to shoot his way out of out of the, the jail or whatever. And the, he couldn't get the gun. He couldn't didn't understand how the firearm operated. And, of course, they, they shot him deader than a doornail. <laughs> but... That you know, one actually turned out well. That turned out well for them, but you know that that fancy Mauser broom handle that we now call old technology mm-hmm. at one point was apex of technology in the world. It was the most no. advanced and most powerful uh, handgun in the world at that time. So it just goes to show you what your perceptions of can be when it comes to how things work. Right. You, right. you got to understand what you're dealing with. Oh, yeah, right. No doubt. Uh, one thing I did see uh, once on a range when I was teaching some folks to shoot, there was a new shooter, and this person didn't know. I mean, uh, we'd gone over how a semi-automatic pistol worked and had him handle a bunch of different uh, pistols, and this person would, the first two or three shots that this person fired with a semi-automatic pistol, the person shot, reached up, I've racked seen, the slide, I can't shot, tell you how many times I've reached seen up, and racked the slide. And then it was just a case of, of explaining to the person and then showing the uh, the ammo on the ground. No, 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 the gun does it for itself. And then whenever the gun's empty, the gun will say, hey, I'm empty by locking back mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, you've actually seen that happen, oh, I've too. I've seen that happen yep. and, uh, when, when we were from Moss. You know, people would ask all the time, it's like, oh, okay, so to reload this thing, I just need to... Right. No, no, no. It doesn't. It doesn't on its own. Right. It's, it uses that action of that round going off to cycle and get rid of the spent case and chamber a new round. And you know, it, it took a few tries, but most people, would, oh, I get it. Okay. Right. That's right. right. You know, and, they and have an epiphany. They don't understand that it loads itself. It yeah. So self-loading. And, and I want to make a point too, as someone who used to teach in more than one way professionally, uh, not knowing is okay. No. Not knowing is okay. There's no way everybody's going to know. I mean, I want one of these Schmidt Rubens. I don't know a darn thing about him. I would have to go learn. What's not okay is realizing that you don't know and then trying to just improvise your way through it anyway. So yeah. it's okay to not know. Right, right. No, nothing bad's going to happen. No, no, this will be fine. Yeah. It's okay to not know. When you realize, hey, I don't know, do something to educate yourself. With a modern gun, go get the manual. On an old military surplus gun, look on the internet, look for a YouTube video. Well, the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Mm-hmm. You know, Don't be afraid to, to go by your local gun shop and talk to people that are more experienced if you have a question. Or heck, if you bought a gun at that gun shop and you get home and there's something wrong or you can't figure it out, box the thing back up and take it up there and ask someone to show you. Most people that work in a gun shop are going to be pretty well versed. They're going to be perfectly willing to help you out with anything you might need. And any reputable gun shop will gladly take the time necessary to make sure that you have the information you need to be successful in your gun buying and gun owning ventures. So uh, thank you for watching today's video. We had a lot of fun making it. We have many more gun gripes on the way, more firearms facts, gunsmithing videos, reloading, torture tests. I mean, guys, we do all different kind of stuff on this channel. And Roy, thanks for coming out. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's, been a, great, it's been a real treat to hang out with you guys. Absolutely. Watch, watch this channel. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for watching, guys, and we will definitely catch you next time. Much more on the way. Take it easy. See you later.